Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor, Daryl Feemster. At this time, y'all can have a seat. We're going to have Julie Palmina come up and share a testimony of just God's goodness today. Hello, my name is Juliana Dromina, and today I was given the opportunity to share a life-changing modern-day miracle that has happened in my life. So it all started with me driving to school um, on the highway. Long story short, I was going 75, and I had a tire blowout. There was an overcorrection. Next thing I know, I was barreling off the side of the road. And the way that the road was, was completely like a ramp. So whenever I started going off the side of the road, I began gaining momentum. At the bottom of the ramp was a mesquite tree. And so once my truck hit the tree, I ended up going airborne and flying 20 feet over some cedar trees and then landing straight down where the deer guard is, bouncing up, hitting the back of the bed of the truck, rolling and then landing on a barbed wire fence. And some key things from just the entire experience of the crash was one when it started, I was freaking out. I started even yelling because I realized I didn't have control over my vehicle and I didn't know what was going to happen next. And then two, all of a sudden I heard a voice and it said, breathe, be still. You are going to be all right. And I can't even explain to you the rush of just reassurance that I felt like, okay, no matter what happens, I am going to be okay because that voice said I was. And so when I heard be still, I took that as grip onto the steering wheel, use my feet to push um, the bottom of the truck so that I could brace myself and keep my head still. And so I landed and I checked myself for injuries. I was like, you know, can I move? Am I okay? And later we found out the only injuries I had was a bruise right here, just a bruise, and a minor concussion from when my arm hit the armrest and my head hit the window. So I walked out of that truck and I was fine. And so that wasn't even the crazy part. There were so many things in that crash that were just unbelievable. First, the airbags never went off. Second, I had these big bags of throwing discus in the passenger seat of my car. And if y'all don't know, those are big round discs made of metal that rose up sometime during the crash, flew right by my head in between the two passenger seats and went out the window without touching me. There was a tire jack that also left. And so all these different things happened and I was completely protected. And so I got home, and there was a little bit of soreness, but I was okay. And then I noticed something. So my entire life, I've been suffering from these pelvic floor spasms. And so your pelvic floor muscles are like a bowl that sort of uh, carry a lot of your organs that are right there. And so whenever I had these spasms, it was just like this painful thing. And it would wake me up at night and in the morning, and they completely controlled my life. And so since I had these for so long, a treatment didn't even seem possible. The only things that we found were, you know, this surgery or this physical therapy that wasn't known to work. But really there wasn't 
any sign of hope. But then, like I said, I noticed since the day of that crash, I have not had a single spasm. And to tell you how life-changing that is, Anytime I was sitting down or laying down, I was at risk of getting one. The longest one lasted for two hours, and they ruled my life. And then in eight seconds, which was about the time that entire crash took, they're gone. And that reminded me of that lady in the Bible who suffered from that illness for 12 years, and then just by touching Jesus' cloak, she was healed. And so just like that woman, we... I was able to feel the healing of Jesus Christ. And so in the car crash of our lives, when we feel the, the glass breaking and the, dis, the discus bags flying by our head, we just have to breathe, be still, and know that we're going to be okay because the God of the universe is within us. So thank you for listening. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, praise team and Juliana. What a testimony. Well, this morning we come to the final message on following Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The word follow means to accompany to walk with or to walk after, to be in the same way with. I want you to note the word me. Follow me. Have you really ever thought about how we are to follow a man who lived over 2,000 years ago, who died on a cross, who was buried, and was raised from the grave and ascended back to heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father? How do you follow him? Think about it. How would you follow any historical figure? How about George Washington? Well, if you were to follow George Washington, what that means probably is that you would read all the history about him. You would study what he did, letters he had written, things he had said, things he had accomplished. You would see what his contemporaries said about him. But here's the thing. Would you be following him? You see, the issue of our day is you can follow a teaching, you can follow a program, you can follow a tradition and not be following the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my sheep follow me. They accompany me. They walk with and after me. They are in the same way with me. How do you follow Jesus. To the rational, logical mind, you would follow Jesus the way you would follow George Washington. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it is so much better than that. I want you to look at John chapter 14. We're going to be looking at a discourse in, in John 14, 15, and 16 this morning. In John 14, Jesus is preparing his followers for his death. He's going to be leaving them. You can imagine how hard those things were to understand for those guys who had been walking with him for three years. He was just getting started. What do you mean die? 
What do you mean leave? How can we follow you if you leave? If you die? Look at verse 4 of John 14. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says to him what we probably are all are saying, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that didn't satisfy Thomas. He still wanted more. And let's just be honest, we want more too. Lord, how do we follow you in the 21st century? I know you said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, that seems like such a high standard that how could we ever live up to that? We can read your teachings, we can follow your actions, but Lord, how do we walk with you? But Jesus didn't leave Thomas there, nor does he leave us there. Can we really know you? Can we really hear your voice? Can we really know the real person of Jesus Christ? Can we really accompany you, walk with you, walk after you, be in the same way with you? And the answer is absolutely yes. You have help. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need help. Yep. Look at verse 16 and 17 of John 14. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Now, in the Greek, the Spirit of truth there literally ought to be the Spirit of the truth, because there's a definite article before truth. So who is the truth? Jesus. So it is the Spirit of the truth, Jesus, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. The message translation says, I will talk to the Father and He'll provide you another friend so that you'll always have someone with you. This friend is the Spirit of truth. The godless world cannot take Him in because it does not have eyes to see Him, doesn't know what to look for, but you know Him because already because He has been staying with you and will even be in you. You have a helper. Well, who is this helper? Verse 26, The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. He's the Holy Spirit. Verse Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of the truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of Me. The word testify there is matureo. Matureo, we get our word martyr from it. It means to bear witness, but it also means to serve as evidence that something is true or present. We often know about the Holy Spirit witnessing of Jesus and telling us what, what Jesus has said. But the Holy Spirit is not just a witness. He's confirmation and evidence of the person, the living Lord Jesus, present tense. He is evidence. Jesus even says that this help is better than His physical presence. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. 
Because if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. Jesus uses the word Helper. Yours may say Comforter or even Advocate to describe Him. In the original, the word is Parakletos. Parakletos. There's not a single word in English that gives a correct translation of this Greek word. The word means one who has been called alongside to assist. It can also mean one who takes charge of a case or to plead a cause. Or advocate means that that you have a legal defense or a legal attorney. Andrew Murray, he quotes W. Kelly in his book, Spirit of the Christ. He says, this word has an incomparably larger meaning than advocate on the one hand or comforter on the other. It includes both, but it takes in a great deal more than either. And here's what it says. It means one who identifies with our interests. He's one who undertakes all our cause. He's one who engages to see us through all our difficulties. One who in every way becomes our representative and the great personal agent that transacts our business for us. The Holy Spirit is to make Jesus always present to us, with us. To make His presence real, to reveal and to impart all that our Lord is to us. He's here. He's in you. Folks, thanks to the Holy Spirit, Jesus is not a memory. He's not just a historical figure. He's present tense with us now. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can walk with the person of Jesus Christ thanks to the Holy Spirit. When you trust Jesus, When you come by faith to believe that He died on the cross for you, that He was buried, that He was raised as a forgiveness for your sin. When you trust Jesus for your forgiveness, you get a better deal. You not only get forgiven of your past, but you get the very person of the Holy Spirit to come and birth you again, born of the Spirit, into union with the Christ who lived 2,000 years ago. He comes to be in you. The Holy Spirit comes to live not just with you, but in you. You're joined in spirit with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Just as the Father was in in the Son and the Son was in the Father, so you are in Him and He is in you by the Holy Spirit. Now I know you've heard all of this and we've we've preached this, but what I, I want you to hear is I don't think we get it. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father... He's the gift of the Son, and He's the hope and the helper of every believer. I've been using Connie's and my relationship uh, in, in trying to illustrate of how, about following Jesus. And, and I want to do that again this morning. In Genesis, uh, when God created man, He said in chapter 2, verse 18, in the message it says, God said it's not good for man to be alone, and I'll make him a helper or a companion. So when Connie and I got married, we became one, according to Scripture. There was this marriage union, the two shall be made one flesh. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but something remarkable took place when we said, I do. 
I got a helper. She helps me drive. She helps me get... Now, now wait a minute. She helps me drive. Y'all are laughing. She's improved my driving. She helps put order in my life. I'm a lot better than I could be. And she's even taught me how to pick up my socks. And I know we laugh at it, but listen, the longer we were we're married, the more I began to understand what God has done. He has given Connie and I a oneness that when joined together, we become something greater than she or I could be alone. Connie identifies with me, with my interest. She undertakes all my cause. We're in this together. She's as much a minister of Jesus Christ as I am. She's, you can't believe how much she's taught me about Jesus. She's, she engages to see me through all my difficulties. She's brought me out of the dumps way more than I'd like to even admit. She's my advocate. She's my representative. And I guarantee you, you can talk about her and tell her, but you talk about me and she's a tiger. That's a warning. But we weren't always like that. We had to learn how to live this way. You see, I had a way of life before Connie and she had a way of life before me. But together we came to an entirely new way of life. A family was born out of two families and it became our own. I learned to hear her and I'm learning to hear her. I'm learning to respond and I'm learning to relate. And in doing so, I became someone I had never been before. I became a husband. I became a father. It was impossible for me to be those things apart from her. I became something I had never been because of our union together. We accompany one another, we walk together, we live in the same manner, we have found joy, we found joy and fulfillment, peace and happiness. We have incredible, uh, an incredible life because we've adapted to the help that we are to one another. Now I want you to listen to me. I didn't marry a principle or a teaching. I didn't, I didn't marry a, a, a rule that I was to live by or a teaching that I was to follow or a tradition just because everybody else was getting married. I live in a personal relationship with her. I share life with her and she with me. It's the way, it's the way of life for us. And that is the way that I'm trying to say it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a principle that you live by or a teaching that you keep or a a religious figment of doctrine. The Holy Spirit is a person who helps, who makes you what you could not possibly be apart from Him. 
Look at Romans 8.26. It's going to be on the screen, the first part of it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Note where He helps. He helps in our weaknesses. And actually, in the Greek, your, your translation may say that. It's in our weakness. It's singular, not plural. Paul wasn't pointing out a whole bunch of weaknesses. He was pointing out a weakness. And the word a weakness is asthenia. Asthenia means to be without strength or ability. It's the inability to produce results. Folks, here's the thing I want you to see. And I'm telling you, no human being has the physical strength nor the inner capacity to really understand, to do, or to keep from doing. But especially even as a Christian, you don't have the ability to really understand, to do, or to keep from doing, or to bear up under the pressure. You not only don't have the physical strength to fight through, you don't have the emotional, mental, or willful ability to live the life. The Holy Spirit helps. Here's another Greek word for you. Sun anti lambanomai. Sun anti lambanomai. You have to speak in tongues to say that word. It's a compound word made up of three words. Soon means together with. Anti means against. Lambano means to take hold of. Putting them together, a literal meaning of that word would be that the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us against whatever it might be coming at you in life. Or whatever you might need to do life. That simply means that in our inability, the Holy Spirit comes alongside and takes hold together with us, adding His strength to our weakness to make us completely His. Our trouble is, is not that we're too weak. Our trouble is, is that we think we're expected to be stronger. You know, we had this idea that if I just knew more of the Word, or if I was able to, 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 to understand like, like so-and-so understands, or if I was just in, in different circumstances, or if I had better surroundings, or if I had a different background, and I want to say something real clear to you, no matter how much you know about the Bible, no matter how much you discipline yourself, no matter how hard you try to serve and please God, if you are not properly relating and relying on the Holy Spirit within you, this life will wear you out. You don't have the ability to live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. You don't. Well, just watch me. I'll watch you crash and burn. You know how I know? From crashes and burns. Juliana's testimony. She had no way to control what was going on in her life for those eight seconds. The only thing she could do was breathe, be still, and trust. And someone came alongside. She didn't tell you her story. Every, you know about the disc going out? You know where she found her phone? In the seat beside her when she landed. To be able to call her mom. To tell her where she was. Now if disc, metal disc will fly around and jacks will go out, why wouldn't a phone leave the truck? 
<laughs> Listen to me. You don't have the ability to live this life apart from the Holy Spirit. You want to follow Jesus? You're going to have to get into a relationship with the only one who can empower you to do it. But you can follow Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. You have hope. That's what sets Christianity apart from all other religions. The personal presence of the Holy Spirit. Our other religions have a teaching, a right, a code of conduct. But their goodness and their godliness depends on their ability to live up to it. In Christianity, there is a person who lives in us, who works on us, who works through us to live a life that pleases God. When you read the Word, there is a teacher within you that can help you understand what the Word is saying. When you don't know what to do next, there is a counselor, there is a guide who is in you that if you will listen to him, he will show you what to do next. Here's the point. There is one who carries the load with you. When we hear bear the yoke, we think of a yoke being a burden. The yoke is there to take the weight off. To yoke yourself with Jesus, He said, my burden is light. In other words, I'm going to carry the heavy end. Just walk with me. Be in the same way with me. But a yoke never works when two are going two different directions. You can follow Jesus. You can really, I mean the person, the living person. You can hear His voice. You can know Him. And when you sin, when you sin, there's one that comes right up alongside of you and said, Jesus died for that. I'll help you. And I'm your hope to be different. Trust me. Do you realize you don't have a religious experience? You have a relationship with Jesus Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit. You have Him. But here's the question. Does He have you? You'll hear us talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit here at New Covenant. Well, you preacher, you said I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you got the Holy Spirit when you trusted Jesus. The Holy Spirit come and made in union with you. But I could you ask Connie how long it took us to know how to live as one. We were married on that day. We became one on that day. Legally and in God's eyes. But she can tell you it took her a long time to get me in shape. We learned how to live together. What am I talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? There's a time, and I told you a couple of weeks ago about Florida. There was a time when all of a sudden God showed Connie who she was in Christ and He showed me who I was in Christ. And in that learning of my own identity of who I was in Christ and Connie learning her identity in Christ... We became one spiritually. We walked together in Christ. 
I can't imagine what it would be to live apart from the Holy Spirit and apart from our relationship. Preacher, what are you telling me? To be baptized of the Holy Spirit, the word baptized means to be plunged under, to dip, to immerse, or to envelop. So they would take a piece of cloth and they would plunge it into dye. And they'd plunge it and they'd keep plunging it until it was completely enveloped. And finally when they pulled it out after, after it being baptized, the nature of that cloth was entirely different. It was a new color. It had a new appearance. It, it was new altogether. And things that could be made out of it now were beautiful and all those kind of things. But the whole thing was it was, di- it, it was immersed into something different. Let me tell you this. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is I know I have the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. But have I abandoned myself to let Him put me under the authority and the blessing and the presence of the Holy Spirit? Have I abandoned my will to His? Am I going to allow Him to help me? Am I going to receive it? Am I going to quit pushing my way and pulling this way and I'm going to rest for the Holy Spirit to have it His way. Because His way is perfect. His way is good. His way is true. His way is life. I want you to bow your heads with me. We're going to sing a song over you. I want you to listen to the words of this song. But here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to invite Jesus however you picture Jesus in your mind and heart, I'm going to ask you to ask Him to immerse you into His Holy Spirit. To dip you, keep on dipping you, keep, keep covering you, whatever He needs to do, until you have abandoned you, your life, to Him. That's just the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you just ask Jesus to immerse you into the presence and the power and the life of His Holy Spirit. Listen to the words of this song. And then in a moment, we'll sing it together. I've got a friend Closer than a brother And there is no judgment Oh, how He loves me I've got a friend He is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire With me in the storm Let all
sufficient. So come if your need and forgiveness and healing is mercies enough. And this is our hope. The cross it has spoken. The death is no more. Christ is Lord. This is our to you. I'm asking you that I walk with you, that I talk with you, that I be in the same way with you. Father, when I wake up in the morning, when I run into situations, that my first thought would be you. I have help. I don't have to face this by myself. I have a way through. I have a way, a truth, a life, because He's with me. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Lord, baptize us with the Holy Spirit and life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, come and give us some announcements, please, sir. I recommend you download this podcast to your phone. Listen to this in the mornings before you, while you're getting ready for work, head out into the world. This is the words that you need to hear. All right? This is your helper. Let me give you a few quick announcements. All right. Next Sunday, September 26th, our friend Joel T. Meyer will be here. He's been a guest speaker before. He's a great teacher. He's a dynamic speaker. He is a mighty man of God. You want to hear what he has to say. He is a great man. I love his teachings. Um, Saturday, October 2nd, 
Saturday night, 7 o'clock, right here in the auditorium, a throne room encounter from 7 to 8, a good way to start the month in God's presence. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you there. The next on next morning, October 3rd, during the 1030 service, our own Daryl Feimster will be doing a connections class. So if you have questions about who we are as a church or would like to uh, sign up for membership, attend that class with Daryl in the conference room. That's in a corner over here in the hall. Just ask somebody when you walk in. They'll show you where it is. That's during the 1030 service. This Wednesday night, NCC Kids resumes. All right, normal times, drop off at 6.15, pick up at 7.30. Please pick your children up, okay? You have to, you can't leave them here. And lastly, we have a gift for y'all outside on the table in the lobby. There's some small logos. It's the NCC logo. Take one, put it on the back of your car. That will be a conversation starter for you and people in the parking lot and also a way for us to keep up with you and your driving while you're in town because we'll know what church you go to. I'm just kidding. It's, it's not for that. <laughs> but it's a free gift for you, so take one for each of your vehicles, put it on there. Y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 